0: Welcome to Community Living Out Loud, brought to you by Community Living Mississauga. I'm your host, Peter Reynolds. On this podcast, we celebrate the lives of people who have an intellectual disability and the incredible work being done to advocate for them and their families. Through conversations with experts, advocates, and people with lived experiences, we hope to inspire and educate listeners on the importance of building strong, supportive communities. Let's get loud. Like anyone else, people with an intellectual disability have the right to make decisions about their lives, to have control over their choices. Respecting their autonomy and self-determination is a fundamental aspect of treating them with dignity and respect. In today's episode, we're going to talk about personal outcome measures and how organizations like Community Living Mississauga use them to personalize the care they provide by identifying the goals and dreams of each person and the services required to help them achieve those goals and dreams. And joining me is someone who I'm pretty sure has always dreamed of being on this podcast, And that's Nicole Farrell, manager of the Outcome Support Team at Community Living Mississauga. Nicole, welcome to Community Living Out Loud.
1: Thank you, Peter. It's uh, exciting to be here.
0: So, Nicole, maybe we could start with the most obvious question. What are personal outcome measures?
1: The personal outcome measures is a quality enhancement tool that we use here at Community Living Mississauga for the last 20, 25 years It's part of accreditation review set out by the Council on Quality and Leadership. The tool itself is set to with 21 different areas that are defined by the person and for the person by themselves. It's a fact-finding conversation. There's two parts of every interview, one that measures the quality of one's life and the quality supports that they provide. These outcomes are designed with a series of indicators that allow for a clear definition on how somebody wants to live. It's a way to get to know what social roles they have, their participation level, and their social connections. It's also very important to know that it's only possible to make determinations if an outcome is present by first talking to the person. We need to find out the person's definition, and we can't define it if we haven't talked to them first.
0: So the measures, it's not just about finding out their answers to the questions. It's getting their input on the questions themselves?
1: There's a set of questions that we ask. So, so there's a manual that we follow a a process that allows us to say, yes, this is present in someone's life. No, it's not. But ideally the questions are just that to ask what is important to you as somebody who receives support. Everybody's different.
0: Absolutely. And, and this has been a theme throughout the podcast of really treating each uh, person as an individual. And, uh, I think, you know, we're, we're, we've come obviously a long way from the sort of institution approach where everyone is treated the same. And it really seems like at every opportunity you're trying to find out what is the best way to provide service for the people that you serve for what they want, as opposed to what you think they want.
1: Absolutely. Because if we don't ask, we're not supporting them in the way they want to be supported Um, It also looks at part of people's stories. It's an important process. Uh, I think I've been using personal income measures for 20 to 25 years, but on the outcomes team for the last 17, I think it's an important process that gives people a voice to share that story with each other. So who
0: uh, administers the interview?
1: Right now, we have three employees on the Outcome Support Team, uh, myself, the manager, Jennifer DeCostos, support worker, and Amy Shaw. So the three of us uh, are all certified with the Council on Quality and Leadership to be able to do the interviews. We're the only employees within the organization that have to have an annual review. And what that looks like is just uh, the uh, representative from the council will come out and sit with us while we provide an interview and a follow-up. And we have to have an 85% accuracy so people can make the determination. So basically, we ask the question, somebody watches us do the interview, and then we have a discussion afterwards saying, is this outcome present for the person from the information that was shared? And is supports being provided? Uh, and when we are, then we can say that we are accredited.
0: So walk me through it a little bit in how this information is then used by the organization.
1: Right now, the, uh, the process right now gives us a lot of opportunity to learn about trends across the organization. So not only on an individual level, but it really allows us to be able to sit and say, okay, what supports do support staff need, uh, for ongoing training to making sure that people are living their best life? We really want to make sure that these information, the information that is shared is shared with the whole team to provide a holistic type of supports. We just don't take this information and say, okay, we had our interview, now Nicole, Jennifer, Amy know what somebody wants in their life, but we use it for planning, uh, trends of the organization, opportunity to um, look at things uh, that people want in their life that maybe they haven't had the opportunity to ever express before.
0: Can you give me an example the, uh, of something that uh, somebody has wanted that perhaps the organization didn't expect and that they've, you know, had to shift the way they do their provide their service?
1: I think one thing that comes to mind sometimes is that we take for granted someone's participation level in their community. We think, oh, yeah, somebody went out three times this week and that's enough. But this outcome actually looks at that type and scope and frequency is it enough? How do we know if we don't ask? You know, a, a great story of a lady who was busy five days a week, but, you know, she always had time on a Sunday to sit and say, you know what, if someone asked me, I would do it. Uh, you know, we share these ex- experiences with people and sit and say, you know, is it enough? How do you know if you don't ask?
0: A hundred percent. How do you deal with, um, you know, factors beyond your control, like during COVID?
1: Well, you know, COVID was an interesting time. Our interviews went virtually, uh, so we were still checking in, you know, and that's really what personal outcome measures is, is a check-in point. And we did that uh, on um, uh, Zoom and in that that kind of format. And really what we found out that was that, you know, people didn't have the opportunity for technology before. Maybe it wasn't just something that we've never thought about, or maybe they couldn't afford you know, an iPad or computer or phone per se. So there was some some great opportunity to purchase those things uh, through different funding options throughout the region. Um, also, too, what we looked at was that, you know what, it gave people the opportunity to change things that they wanted in their life. You know, a great example is, you know, I may have worked 15 years in a job and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and I realized I don't really like that job anymore. I want to do something different. Uh, It also looks at, you know, the relationship with the family members. You know, before we would sit and say, you know, do you see your family enough? And so, yeah, when my mom or dad are free, I get to see my my siblings, per se. Uh, and what had happened was now that gave the control that said, you know what, I can call my siblings whenever I want because I now have the tool to do so. But it also looks at, you know, participating in the life of the community. The, obviously, with the pandemic, people were doing things in their homes you know, gave an opportunity to say, I'm going to try something new. Parks and Rec is offering a virtual class and I'm going to try it because I maybe I'm a little shy to go or I don't have transportation to get there. I tried the class and now I really liked it. So uh, it shifted our way of thinking and provided a, a different type of support that we we weren't doing before.
0: Yeah, the check-in is, uh, it's very interesting because I can imagine, you know, for an organization when you're Serving a lot of different people with a lot of different needs, you'll create a system or, you know, create a routine that's working. And just like in any family home, once you have a routine that's working, it's very easy. Let's just keep going with that. And, and that ability to say, no, wait a second. Yes, it might be working for us, but is it working for them?
1: Absolutely. And that's really the basis of the personal outcome measures tool is to sit and say, you know, we may know things because we've asked 15 years ago, but we all change. We all grow. And hopefully that gives us the opportunity to sit and just uh, figure out what they want in their lives. And hopefully it changes from time to time. You know, it gives us the opportunity to sit down for a good couple of hours because that's how long the process is. And really be the focus of that interview. it's about you and the things that you want, your relationship, your participation level, your social roles, your connections. Uh, and when we do that and give people the voice, then it's our job as the outcome support team to to evaluate and give back that feedback for planning, um, you know looking at the whole uh, support of people the, the support that people receive, sorry uh, in a different perspective.
0: Well, we've been talking about the people you serve and giving them the choice and the opportunity to speak for themselves. So I think this is a perfect opportunity to bring in as a guest for this episode, someone uh, that is served by Community Living Mississauga, and that's Jessica Portalance. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Jessica. Jessica. And Jessica is not only supported by Community Living Mississauga, uh, she is a Community Living Mississauga board member and sits on the organization's rights committee. Jessica, welcome to Community Living Out Loud.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been um, an honor and a privilege to be on this channel.
0: Jessica, perhaps you could walk through personal outcome interviews um, from your perspective, uh, what they involve, what it's like to be on the other side uh, of the interview.
2: Um, Jennifer and I have been meeting every two years. We set up a time. Jennifer came to my house and completed this interview. She explained the process This interview is all about me and what I want and what I have and what I need. This interview is easy. It's more of a conversation. I did this interview all by myself and I like to be independent. We spoke about my goals and the things I am proud of, my friends, family, my work, my health. And my right, I know all my rights. That interview lasted almost two hours. When the interview was over, Jennifer said she would be meeting up with my support worker, Cheryl, to speak about my support. Jennifer shared the results with my manager and director. And Jennifer is also helping me and Cheryl find something. Some things to do.
0: Community Living Out Loud is brought to you by Community Living Mississauga, an organization that supports more than 3,000 people who have an intellectual disability and their families throughout Mississauga. If you would like to learn more about the programs and supports offered by Community Living Mississauga, please visit C-L-M-I-S-S dot C-A, or check out previous episodes of Community Living Out Loud on YouTube, Buzzsprout, or wherever you get your podcasts. So it's very interesting talking about the fact that it's not just about letting you know, giving you choices, but letting you know about your rights and the fact that you do have the right to, uh, control the, you know, how, uh, uh, the services are provided to you. Um, can you talk a little bit just about the importance of people, uh, at Community Living Mississauga, people that are being served by Community Living Mississauga, uh, doing these interviews? Like, like how much of a difference does it make in, in your life?
2: I get... To share my f- success, I get to talk about myself and what I'm doing and what I want to do. in this I get to talk about people in my life and the different roles I have. If there's something I want to do, we can make it a goal and look to, towards achieving it the, that interview is important to me because I get to be on my own advocacy. Jennifer said that she also enjoys meeting me and seeing how far I've come and how my accomplishments and how independent I am. My family is also very proud of me and I am very proud of myself too.
0: Nicole uh, and Jessica has been talking about uh, working with Jennifer, uh, who is on the Personal Outcome Measures team.
1: That's correct. She's one of our support staff, so she's uh, certified by the Council on Quality and Leadership to be able to ask those questions and make determinations.
0: And Jessica was mentioning that she talks to Jennifer every two years. Um, in terms of that sort of consistency of working, you know, with a member of the team over a long period of time. How important is that that they can, uh, you know, work with uh, the individual over over a, a certain amount of time?
1: I think it's very important to build that relationship. I think that as the support staff go out and interview over a hundred people a year, it's important that they're consistent with their determinations that they people feel comfortable for the conversation, and as a, as a quality insurance measure is for checking in. We don't only just provide the support to Jessica and her team, but also as an organization, we take that data uh, and look for ways to be able to provide support to all employees.
0: So what one person might uh, suggest or might uh, comment on is something that could apply to multiple people that they might not have thought of.
1: I think it's a great time. And when we talk to a lot of people, we hear all these great stories and successes and goals that people are sharing, that it really gives us a brighter future to sit and say, hey, I heard somebody who did sim- something similar. And, uh, you know, these are the steps they took. So we're, we're gaining that knowledge as a team, breaking down barriers for people, uh, looking for community resources, building relationships with uh, this, not only for the people who receive support, but the support team and the management as well.
0: Jessica, I know you touched on a few of the goals uh, that you've talked about uh, with, with Jennifer. Could you give us a couple of examples or one example of, of a goal that you started two years ago, perhaps, and and where you are today with it and how it's changed?
2: I wanted to go back to volunteering at the Melbourne Community Center. I love to travel. I've been to Disney four times, and I want to go back. I am a Disney fanatic, and the next thing I want to see is the Ratatouille ride. I've never been on that ride before, but it looks like fun. At the end of September, I am invited to the Community Living Mississauga Conference in Ottawa. The Board of Directors, I am looking forward to this experience too. I enjoy being busy.
0: Jessica, can you talk a little bit about personal outcomes at the board level? Because I know Nicole talked about how it it impacts decisions that are that are made across the organization. Can you talk a little bit about it as a board member?
2: The board of directors talks about the outcomes every time we meet. We talk about the results of the people's outcomes. We talk about the trends. They talk about any barriers they may have been. The board knows that the people supported by community living, happy lives, the board needs to know that we are getting the right support.
0: Terrific. And can you tell me again why... Your independence is so important to you, Jessica?
2: Um, my independence for me is to like uh making sure that I take like more time for myself and all that. For the past two years since the pandemic happened, I've been having two family member losses. My dog passed away and then my grandfather passed away, so it's been ups and downs for me, but since I have a new dog, and now it's been a lot easier. But I've been pretty busy with doing um kickboxing classes, um doing like paintings, just trying to keep myself occupied through those times. But I get to like do like bingo nights with my mom and my uh, stepfather. So I get to do that and I get to have fun with them and go for walks every day and try to keep myself busy.
0: And how important is it to be able to make your own mistakes? Because I can imagine people watching this, parents, this idea that, you know, we want to keep our our children safe or organizations want to uh you know keep the people that they support safe and not necessarily physical safety but you know just to make sure that their life is totally smooth and and can you tell me a little bit about the importance of just being able to make your own mistakes
2: well sometimes if i everybody makes mistakes once in a while but you get to learn from your mistakes and just make it like a goal just make it like get Really the barrier part and just make it a goal, just achieve
0: it. Nicole, would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we talk a lot in our training that we provide to all employees. So new hires get uh POM, uh personal outcome measures, social building social capital, community connections training, uh within the first six months of being hired. So you know, we talk a lot about that protection level that we think. Oh my goodness, maybe somebody can't do that, and then we say, well, "Why not?" Like we're support re- support workers for a reason. So sometimes it may be looking at what somebody wants to do, and instead of assuming no, look at the steps to achieve a goal.
0: Jessica, any final thoughts for for people out there uh, watching right now?
1: Um.
2: Sometimes, if I want to do like ideas like planning like trips and everything. Sometimes uh me and Cheryl will write like a list of things to do. Like I can give you one example. On uh, next Friday, April twenty sixth, I'm going to see like Mamma Mia. So that can be like a goal awesome. for a lot of people out there that can do like go to Niagara Falls, go to like a movies. Go and have fun. You know?
0: Go bowling. It's fun, too. The sky's the limit. Exactly. Nicole, any final thoughts?
1: I think the outcome process really looks at uh, this holistic approach to supporting people and understanding that the 21 indicators uh, is just really the beginning. And it can be, we can measure for ourselves. Uh, You know, there's been times I've looked at the outcomes for myself and said, is this enough? You know, am I telling people that they want more in their life, but I'm not achieving it for me. So I think it's one of those things that we use the tool uh, to grow and to understand what people want, but also so they have a voice. And I think that's uh, key to mention that that voice is heard by many different levels of the organization and not just the person supported, but their families, uh, their support team, their management team, senior management, the board of directors. Uh, we we really look at um, making sure that we provide uh, resources that are available within our community that are totally integrated and they're inclusive, uh, is is important piece to understand what somebody wants in their life, and being able to uh, see people grow and achieve new things has been pretty exciting over my my thirty years of of working at Community Living Mississauga.
0: Wow! So you're, you know, you, you the commitment is definitely there, Nicole. Thirty years, my goodness! So you really have seen the organization evolve.
1: Absolutely. When we first started working with personal outcome measures, I mean. If you were involved in the accreditation review interview, so that would be somebody so that you provide support to got picked randomly uh, to have an interview through the Council on Quality and Leadership, you really didn't know what working on outcomes was. And I remember sitting down at the time going, I got to support someone to learn about outcomes that I didn't know what they were for myself. But once I started to understand that I needed to ask questions, I needed to facilitate what I was hearing to be able to give people a definition of what that outcome was. And not from my personal perspective, but what they want. You know, I know that someone's uh, family is very important to them. But if I haven't asked them if they've seen their family enough, then I'm not really supporting them to look at the whole outcome
0: Well, this has been a a wonderful conversation. Um, And the word that that really jumps out for me is choice. Making your own decisions, being able to make your own mistakes. Uh, You can't have independent living without the word independent. And it's nice to know that organizations like Community Living Mississauga are are taking this seriously. Jessica, Nicole, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Peter. It was a great opportunity. Yes.
2: like I said, I've been at stomachs for 10 years, almost 11 years. So I've been working really hard in there.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thanks again. And thank you, of course, to our audience. And we really appreciate your continued support. Um, and whether you're listening uh, to this on your favorite podcast app or you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment and share the link with your friends. And of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and wanted to leave a five-star review, we would not complain about that. It does make a big difference. So for our guests and everyone at Community Living Mississauga, I'm your host, Peter Reynolds. You've been listening to Community Living Out Loud. And until next time, stay loud.